Welcome back to Don't Hug a Mad Raccoon. We're excited to be back, and we're going to kind of try and rein things in a little bit this week. We've been a little loose with our conversation, I think, over the first three episodes. <laughs> uh, and and as a result, we've had some like 55-minute podcasts, which is not exactly what we're shooting for. So we're going to try and uh, keep it a little shorter today. Um, that being said, we're still going to allow us the freedom to have a quick intro segment here and 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 we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star rosters because we all are interested in NBA um but more specifically we're curious um who who are the who are the big snubs this year for the 2019 NBA All-Star game I will absolutely go first and say Devin Booker um I'm trying to pull up his stats right now but he's averaging like 24 points, 7 assists, which is insane. I mean... So would you would you argue Devin Booker over Rudy Gobert and Tobias Harris as well? Because uh, I think those two guys are like the pretty like unanimous oh yeah. snubs I mean, that makes in sense. the West at least. Well, yeah. It's like I think it's a holistic conversation, obviously, of like... I guess in your guys' opinion, would you... Do you care about team results, or do you just care about individual like statistics and performance? That that's kind of like what what I because even like just my little rant here, the Luka Doncic like f- fanaticism or whatever. I'm like they're not the team is not doing well. Like they're on they're like tenth in the West, twelfth in the West, something like that. They're in the hunt, but they're I don't they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're like. Luka Doncic is an all-star stub. And I'm like, how? Their team is not playing well. And yeah, he's a rookie and like he's, I don't know, he had a triple-double or whatever. And I'm not saying he's bad, but I think calling him like the biggest all-star snub. And I don't know if that's the general conversation. I don't think anyone was necessarily well, feeling that way. You think but, you think individual stats should not matter more than team success? Well, I personally think individual stats is what should get you oh, yeah. in, the, in the door. I now, agree. I would agree with that. Well, then, I, I mean, based on that, I think Devin Booker has a really good argument to be in the All-Star game. The reason he's not is because the Suns are just absolutely trash. But, like, look at his roster, and they're not going to be good. He's it's got that, nobody but to... But it's that combined with the fact that, A, he's young, B, he hasn't made an All-Star game yet, and I don't think anyone is... is a, like nobody's gonna deny the fact that Devin Booker is someday gonna be an All Star. I just don't know that his time has come, and the West is stacked. Sure, and so it's Agreed. it's impossible to make the All Star game in the West. So well, okay, those are me, just my. So my he's I'm got. Not saying he's not a snub. He's, no. he's in. He's in the the grouping of for sure. You know, guys that are that are studs. Twenty snubs. Twenty four point nine points so far this season, and six point seven assists. That's crazy. Those are really good stats. It, playing in the West, and the Warriors and the Lakers are in his division, like his division or whatever that he plays the most. So I'm just like putting up those numbers is. Who would you put him in instead of then? Yeah, I mean that's kind of the question, which I don't really have a good argument for that one, I guess. But um, Clay Thompson. Yeah, dude, get get Steph Curry out of there. He's trash, you know. No, I'm kidding. Uh well, I mean, Clay Thompson was one of the guys that people were a little bit really uh-huh, peeved about. Mm. 
Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Let me look at the roster a little bit more, and I'll tell you who I would pull and put Devin Booker in instead. Because then also, before I answer that, though, is it you like it has to be his position, or could I pull LaMarcus Aldridge? Hmm. I think it'd probably have to be his position. His probably. position? Okay. Yeah, probably. That makes sense. Yeah, East-West or just the West, right? Just right, West, yeah. 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 I mean, it would have to be Clay, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, what? Clay's not putting up 24 and 7. I'll tell you right now. No, he's got he's got 21, 2, and 4. Right. So, statistically, Devin Booker is putting up better numbers. Than so him. then, but then do you factor in defense and. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the impact a player makes on the defense. Yeah, I don't know what his like, Because PR Clay Thompson's stuff is, but. Defense, I would, I would venture to guess, is, is probably quite a bit yeah. better than Devin Booker's. I just think that. He at least should be mentioned as somewhat of a snub, and people won't like that. But I mean, you put up twenty four, you put up twenty five and seven, and those are just those are good numbers objectively. Mm-hmm. Even if your team's bad, and I mean, people are like, "Well, why aren't they winning more?" I mean, the second best player is T.J. Warren, who nobody knows who that is. So, and then DeAndre Ayton is nineteen years old. So, like, right. they're not going so to be good. So then that would be another argument as to maybe why he's not an All Star is the fact that. When you're that clear of the best player on a bad team, you are probably expected to be putting up those kind of numbers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying he's no, not a good I'm, player. I'm I, a, I think he's a great player. I'm not a. It's I'm a losing a battle. Devin yeah. Booker hater or anything like yeah. that. No, I, I would hope not, man. <laughs> uh, no, I, I definitely understand it. But that, I guess, for me, and obviously I'm biased as a Suns fan, but I think even though the team's bad, like. He's a problem. Like NBA players across the league are like, he's a problem. He's tough to guard. He gets buckets, and his stats are crazy. So I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, love him, hate him. The Suns are bad, whatever. Like, there's a legitimate argument for him to be in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you pull Clay Thompson. I don't know if it's like I'm that convinced of it, but you know, he just wasn't even in the conversation, and right. I think that's definitely a snub. Seth, who do you got in the East? Who's the biggest snub over there? The biggest snub in the East would be Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> now that he's in the East, how would that even work? He, I mean, he wouldn't be able to make it as an East player, right? No, not now. Not that the voting's done. Oh, geez, you were talking about that really tall dude that just went to the Sixers, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about who's the dude on the Kings. That was a sarcastic comment, uh, right? Bo, Bo, uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. He yeah, get, like I thought. You, so I thought it was like a legit thing. Yeah, no, oh, Boban should be there. Bagdanovich is nice too. <laughs> Him Who's going to tell him no? The fact that he and Tobias are such good buddies is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, the biggest stem in the East, I don't know. Are there any good Jimmy players Butler? in the East? No, nah, he wouldn't make it. He's not good. You just don't like Jimmy Butler, though. What, is he, what has he done this year? Anything? I don't know. Good Nothing point. except for wine and get himself traded. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you that much. I don't know. Really, I, I'd the biggest stem for me would probably be... Either Luca or Tobias Harris, but they're neither one of them. Well, Toby's in the East now. Yeah. You so you think Luca Doncic should be in the in the All Star game? Yeah, but I for Clay maybe. I just think it's pretty impressive what he's done. That blows my mind. Yeah. So, but I'm also I don't have a team like either one of yeah, you. Yeah, you yeah. said you said that Booker's the snub. You'd say that. Cat, like Cat was like an obvious choice. He made it, but so he's not mm-hmm. a snub. A snub. I, I think, I mean, 
the the most talked about snubs were Rudy Gobert and Tobias Harris. I think, yeah. dude, yeah. Rudy was pretty shook. Tobias Harris is like twenty six, by the way. Did you guys know that? I thought he was like thirty three. Mm. He seems like an older, mature player. Yeah. But also, he kind of came on, like he wasn't like a no. young star right from the not get-go, at all. You know, I don't he wasn't he's got like two hundred fifty thousand like, Instagram followers. He's like not a big deal in the <laughs> NBA, and all of a sudden he was like a blockbuster trade. This says he's an eight year vet. If he's twenty six. I mean, ah. I guess he came 18. I, I mean, okay, maybe he's going on true. 27. I don't know. I mean, LeBron is in the league at 18. I'm maybe he's saying. like 30 then. I don't know. I I look at him and I go, he is 35 years old, but he's not. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess I just thought Booker was. Otherwise, I thought it was all pretty much the same faces. You know. Um, looking at it, pretty close. Yeah, he's Blake 26. Griffin. I mean. Mi- Maybe that's a stretch, I guess, in my opinion. But I don't know who you backfill him with. Did Russ make it? Westbrook? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Okay. So did Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is really Ben Simmons good, is, a, is, he's a is legit. He's he's legit. He he's has a legitimate no shot, but he LeBron James is, is a, a big difference maker. Yeah. That's crazy. So... We're going to spend uh, the next 20 minutes here talking um, about a subject that, that Phil kind of um, came up with, he saw a video on YouTube not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, that talked about driverless cars, and we were kind of interested about the idea of technology, where it's going, um, where it's come from, and what it means for our future, and what it means for the future of transportation, but but even more than that, just the the future of our culture and our lives. And so I'm going to let Phil yeah. explain the video, right. and then we'll just kind of spend about 20 minutes talking about it um, for today's podcast. Yeah, this video is buck wild. That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, so it's a YouTuber named Marquise Brownlee or MKBHD. Uh, basically very famous on YouTube. Got like close to 8 million subscribers it looks like. Famous on YouTube for um, kind of doing a lot of tech reviews. So when new phones mm-hmm. come out, for example, he, and he does really good reviews. So, if, I mean... When I was going to go buy a phone, I was watching a lot of stuff on his channel just because he does a really good job of kind of comparing and contrasting stuff. So I kind of knew him for cell phones, but he kind of just, he's been getting really involved with like Tesla stuff recently and kind of reviewing Tesla and new, like the new models and stuff that are coming out and kind of doing really cool videos on, you know, what like the driverless technology and stuff is, is uh, going on. So anyways, it looks like about a month ago. Um, it's on his channel. It's called Riding in a Driverless Taxi at CES 2019. So effectively, he goes to some conference. I don't know what it was called, but um, it's about a five-minute video where he rides in a in a taxi in LA, and it is legitimately like there's nobody in the driver's seat. It's not just mm-hmm. like because I've seen the Tesla videos before. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it's kind of like autopilot, and then also it just like kind of watches the lanes around you and keeps you in your lane, and like you can just take your hands off the wheel. But, like, it's not going to go in a turning lane and, like, read traffic and, like, go yeah, go across traffic. Yeah, I don't know exactly what. I know that they're, they're definitely a little more than the, than just, like, the Ford, you know, fusion yeah. lane assist. Because I've seen videos of people, like, 
taking a nap in the in the driver's seat of a Tesla while it's driving down the freeway or whatever. Yeah, but so th- that's what I'm saying. It's on the freeway, so it's just mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like the lane assist thing where it's like Probably it'll beep at you if you kind of go out of your lane, and it just like it, I don't know how it does it. But anyways, this I've seen the Tesla thing, and this is like a step up where it's like there's nobody in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. They had whatever this company was had like basically pimped out this Prius with um, like tech that they were in LA. And it had like mapped this like 20 square mile block of LA. And this thing was like, re- you could see it in the screen in his, in his video, like the screen on the, on the mm-hmm. Prius. It was like GPS, like picking up where cars were like three blocks away. It was like going into turning lane. That was what blew my mind. It was like in a turning lane, like turning across traffic. And, right. and stuff like that. Yeah, and, I and saw, changing I, lanes. I and, saw the same video and it had like almost like a holographic type map where yeah. it was sensing the it could sense all the vehicles in front of you and around you and everything and then it would make tens or hundreds of route possible yeah. route options right. and there were like a bunch of different lines and then certain ones would be green that were like possible outcomes and then it would like turn green if it was like okay this is the route that you're taking and it would and it would notice all the cars around you yeah it would take all that into in, into play and then just drive yeah i mean it's some advanced technology obviously but yeah i mean downsides the biggest downside it didn't look cool i mean it, it looked like a prius with like a I don't, know. I don't think that's well anyways worry, the, though, right? the, that was kind of like the only downside i mean everything else like oh it was safe my kind of thought process and i had talked to you guys about this off the pod but i'd be curious to get your thoughts here would you get in that and like like this dude when he was making the video was in the back seat and there was like a safety engineer in the passenger seat there was nobody in the driver's seat right and they were just driving around in la i don't know if i could do that that would scare the piss out of me to be honest with you that i i don't know if i could do that like definitely, I don't know if I could do that on the interstate. Like not be in the driver's seat of a car mm-hmm. and have like my foot be able to access the brake. Thoughts? Hmm. I'd do it a hundred percent, just because I'm. You trust technology. Like you would trust. I'm that kind technology. of. A, I'm a little bit of a tech nerd, and I like gadgets, and I like new technology, and seeing what, you know, seeing what it can do, and and I don't know. I just. If they're taking people for test drives, I gotta think they're pretty confident in the technology. I know it's probably scary. It's probably a, a weird situation, but I'd, also I'm just kind of a wild man. Don't think about things and just go for it kind of person. Yeah. So, but you'll be dead by you? twenty. I don't know. No question. Yeah, I on the front end, I'd say probably not. Just mostly, I don't know if it's necessarily the safety issue for me more than it is just a lack of interest or caring i don't know i i i i don't think i'd waste i don't know waste my time or invest my time or or spend my time doing that i I feel like at some point it becomes normalized though right so like you would say no just because you're not like too interested to get on the front end of the tech but like think like eight years down the road like let's say this becomes super normal nobody's driving their cars anymore like you sit in the driver's seat but like everybody's just in gps controlled cars like would you get in mm-hmm. it in like eight years it's been proven that the technology's safe or whatever i still don't know in eight years if i would still be like down to get in like mm-hmm. a driverless car i feel like the 
I was thinking about this the other day. The, the scariest thing or the most unknown thing would be how does it react in snow, like a snowstorm? Right. You know? This was things where it's yeah. like, things where it's like, I, I, and maybe there is technolo- technology that's possible to like be better at reacting in snow than even a human. You know? I don't know. That, yeah. It could be possible. But those are the kind of questions that I have where it's like, those are going to be the things that are going to limit its, like, ceiling, you know? Mm-hmm. But I've heard, I mean, I've heard a lot of, and uh, not a lot, I've just heard the idea of eventually nobody's even going to own cars and we're just going to be, you know, a part of a subscription right. that... We sign up with this company, and there are transportation, and we use an app on our phone or whatever else we have at that point in our lives, <laughs> and you know, just say, "Hey, I need to be here by this time," and you send you set a a pickup time and a arrival time or whatever, and it just yeah, it happens. Is the point? Because we can, or is there yeah. is the benefit? I think it's economy too, though. I mean, economy in terms of what? Think about like a shared driving plan or something like that, where you're like, you're. I, I, I don't know. I get what you're saying. I think I think it could potentially save, in terms of maybe people are riding with each other, so you're saving on less traffic yeah. less fuel you, you're almost getting at like, a, like an above ground almost like subway type system right where it's just kind of like these cars are just roaming and you basically like instead of on a subway you put in like a buck and then you get a walk through the turnstile and you hop on and you get on the subway and then you get off the subway when you want it's just like personalized subway cars where you just like get in and it's like kind of going somewhere or whatever and, and you that's kind of what i think is going towards but to seth's question is like what is the point of that? Is that is that kind of what yeah, you're doing? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you though. I saving. Agree. I mean, you're saving. If if it becomes, I think the world is is uh, heating up, NBA Jam style. <laughs> but I do think it's. I think the 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 landscape is is changing. I mean, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not super up to speed with how the polar ice caps and all that kind of thing are melting, and our the climate change and everything that's going on. So, if it's for the sake of of a greener world, then I could probably get behind that because I think that is actually a problem. But if you're talking about if it's going to move in that direction, I'm looking at it from okay, so we eliminate. We eliminate mass-produced cars. We eliminate the need for fuel. We eliminate the jobs that require making those cars and and True. finding and delivering and utilizing that fuel. So now everything, if you, from a job perspective, like you talk from an economy perspective of, of saving money to go to work, when in America we appear to not be short on money in any way, shape, or right. form. So I don't think saving money for the for the general American is the necessity. Um, and I think public transit exists in every major city as it is, whether it be right. subways or Des Moines Buses, area, regional yeah. transit. So to me, it's just like, is it because it's cool and we have the capability to do it and it'd be awesome? Or I just don't know enough about it sure. to know what the external benefits are. Mm-hmm. But if it's just for the sake of being cool yeah. and advancing in technology, 
I don't know how much I am interested in that because I, my general perspective on technology is that it begins with an intent to be beneficial to your life and to the masses, and it quickly becomes misused, misinterpreted, misguided, and and then becomes a venom to productivity in life and like yeah. mental health and, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, I think to your point, the only argument I can think of for it is like, um, like car accidents are like a like a big killer of people in the United States. So if it increases safety on the road, mm-hmm. great. I mean, I would struggle. Like it would just be a scary thing to me to get in a driverless car. Yeah. But like if everybody else is doing it, everybody's synced up on the same GPS and it's like it's all working and everything, like, I mean, it'd be safer. If mm-hmm. your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump <laughs> off a bridge, Phil? If your friend got in a driverless car, would you get in a driverless car? Yeah, yeah Mom, I would. Uh, uh, Modern parent shaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be awesome. No, like 20 I, think, years. I yeah. think it's... I, I would agree that... Especially like a subscription type thing or having like these driverless taxis it's kind of mm-hmm. like yeah what's the point doesn't seem necessary or beneficial ne- to to my life by any means i'm I, what I, the two things i am most maybe excited about from this topic is a probably and well, i guess i don't know if this is really this topic but it kind of ties in is electric cars and the future of that um i don't know if you guys saw um, Elon Musk, he just uh, took out, took like removed all of his patents on all of his batteries. So oh. now anybody, any car manufacturer can use if they have the ability to, you know, you know, manufacture. create, manufacture yep. it, and create these kind of things. There's no patents on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really was Elon Musk's vision for the whole thing was like, I want to create a, you know greener planet Mm -hmm. and um and going electric is going to help that and and if every company can do that we all win Mm -hmm. and so that's exciting i think Mm -hmm. and because because a it's healthier it's also cheaper um not that like you say money is it really a factor or not but i would be excited about an electric car um but then the other thing number two would be just the the idea of having some sort of like driverless technology in my car. Yeah. I would be excited about that. Like being a, I I would love, we travel between Des Moines and Minneapolis quite a bit. I would love to be able to just hop on 35 and put it in autopilot on the, on the freeway where it's like, I'm hardly doing anything anyways. I just need to stay awake. You know? Yeah. I would love to be able to throw it in there and watch a movie or get some work done or just have a conversation with the person next to me without having to like be engaged in having to, you know, be watching every little movement that's going on. So that's where the driverless sure. stuff excites me, I think. Mhm. Yeah, I I just have a my questions aren't really directed toward it starts with like what's the point? And for me it goes so much further beyond the convenience in America because Mike Sermon I'm taking this in a way different direction but I, I think I'm, it's applicable I think I'm going the same way you're going I'm I just think it's applicable it's you. just like and we're so it's like convenience in America 
and maybe in developed countries in general, maybe it's just a human condition to want more or to mm. be better or to be like the guy in the Geico commercial and have a huge belt buckle or ginormous <laughs> muscles. I don't, but there's something inherently in our minds where we just want more. We want things to be more convenient. We yeah. think that convenience equals mm-hmm. more productivity and more productivity is somehow fulfilling and adds value to our life. Right. And I'm just the opposite where I'm like, homies were getting along just fine. Right. There's, but, but that might be misguided too, because guess what they were doing? They were building better ways of farming and mm-hmm. better ways to hunt and better technology yeah. themselves. It's not modern technology that goes over the airwaves, but it was technology on how to better break the soil and grow crops. And, yes. and, and so technology has always been advancing. And now we're just at a point where I'm like, how much further can we go and why are we doing it? And yeah. back to Mike's sermon, he was talking about the church alone, I think, or the, the, the money. There's If the church would give X amount of dollars, we could right. solve all the top five world problems or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it'd be like of billions water, of dollars. Yeah, come water, in. hunger, not just in the U.S., but globally. Mm-hmm. And to me, but what, we want to put a freaking Tesla on the moon? Mm-hmm. That's just, mm-hmm. like I'm I am pro Tesla's on the moon yeah, because same. I think outer space is phenomenal. Yeah, screw Earth, I want to be on the moon. But I I just I it's just <laughs> yeah, I agree. No, I, I'm I would be. Gone, be. So that's no, just I don't have enough information I'm or details you. to under to yeah. really the dig word into this. I just, that is like blinking LED lights in my mind is reliance. Like how reliant do we want to be on technology? Mm-hmm. Because I'm with you, Grant. Like, just, oh, like, I got a three-hour drive to, like, I, you know, got to go see family. I got to go to work. Oh, that's awesome. I can just, like, get in, mindless, do it. I do that on airplanes, and I just, like, turn on, like, Netflix. You know what I mean? And I just, like, my mind just wastes away for three hours while I go halfway across the country. I think there's something to be said for the fact of, like, oh, hey, like, Knowing how to drive and like being able to not look at a phone and look at a road and like focus on getting somewhere and like concentrating on staying between two lines for two and a half hours at a time. There's like there's something inherently good about that. That's like, okay, like you have to stretch your mind to do that. There's inherently risks in that, obviously, as well. But just being able to turn your mind off for three hours and just like let a car take you from A to B. Maybe I'm just like old school. I go through that with my job a lot with like. We in, we use technology a lot in like how we like solve equations and like in like model stuff and, and whatever. So I'm kind of like, how like necessary am I in this process? Like as a human being with a mm-hmm. brain, like at what point do I become replaceable and the decisions can just be made by a computer? Mm-hmm. Right? Like at some point there's like one person that has to make a decision like we're going to do this or we're not going to do this. But then at some point we're just going to replace ourselves with like technology that can make the decisions that we're making, if we can just make technology act like us. So that's kind of where I come with it. And then it's even like kind of on to like the second thing that I saw was like, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this. You can Google it. It's like the Google CEO did the thing where I actually think this would be convenient more than anything. But at the same time, like once again, it's convenient for me because I don't have to do it, but I'm not losing anything by doing it either. It's like the... Like your Google, uh, the Google, the Google Assistant yeah. actually calls places, makes reservations with like such a good quality. Oh my gosh! Like it's terrifying and really cool automated at the same time. voice. Yeah. That's it. Sounds like I'm calling you and saying, "Hey, can like even the inflections in their voices yeah. are like so spot on, 
where the person listening doesn't even know that it's a computer. Right. Which is super convenient. Have you seen this, Seth? No. Okay. It is insane because like it the the CEO shows it that it's like has the Google Assistant like, hey, make a hair appointment for me. So it's like a woman's voice calls a salon and is like, hi, I'm calling on behalf of so-and-so and I'd like to make an appointment for Thursday at 10. And I'm like, that's crazy. And it sounded exactly like a real person. And then the salon receptionist was like, Oh, we don't have anything available on Thursday. Does does you have any do you have anything on Friday that works? And the automated voice goes, "Um, how about anything between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m.?" And the reception like they had a full-on conversation mm-hmm. and like I was like, "Oh, that's really crazy." So, so but once again, reliance. Like do we yeah. need like what am I losing by making that phone call and having mm-hmm. that conversation myself? Yeah. Why is it better yeah. that I don't have to do to that? Me, That's kind of like what I, mean, I get. And this is just an opinion, but to me, that seems sillier than a having a autopilot mode in a car. Yeah, because I would agree. It's like you're giving up conversation at that point and that's i would maybe have more of an issue with that yeah and saying like are you that anti-social that you can't call somebody and just like make an appointment agreed whereas a driverless car it's like i'm going on a five-hour trip i'm gonna get really tired while driving i'd rather not like i'd rather enjoy my trip a little bit more and not be like there's times when we're going up to Minnesota where I'm like excited to be in Minnesota, but I'm just not looking forward to the drive. Oh yeah. If I could be like just excited to go to Minnesota and not have to worry about the drive, I I don't know. That's right. that's a little bit more of like a, a argument to me yeah. where it's like that would be cool. That'd be nice. Right. Again, not necessary. Right. But but and then to go back to your point, Seth, you were talking about how at at what point is it just like it can't progress anymore. We're just going over the top. It's, it's just like, and, and I wonder if maybe people have asked that for a long time, you know, if we're not the first people that are asking that question. I doubt we are. And, and I, my thought on that was, I think that God has created us to be creative and he's created us to be, uh, like artists and, and, you know, artisans in this in this world and we're constantly like the drive to like come up with a better solution or create something is reflective of a creator Hmm. i think what about the playing devil's advocate what about like the tower of babel trying to like build a tower all the way to get to heaven you know what i mean i'm I'm just like you know just throwing a wrench i feel i think that's i was a very specific they had a very specific motive that was. I mean, so do we. Maybe, like, maybe, we, maybe we're effectively replacing ourselves. Is like I'm like, at what point mm-hmm. are we as humans still needed on Earth? If we can make cars that drive themselves, phones that call people on our behalf, right. it's like why? What do I have to do in my day? That's a great conversation. Because, yeah, the Tower of Babel. Maybe, maybe there's something identity based there um, that our creativeness. While it's there's freedom within it, it shouldn't lose its identity mm-hmm. of the creator. And maybe the Tower of Babel did. I don't know enough about that story. But I know they kind of took things into their own hands. But. Right. It's always going to be, I mean, we're never going to have certainty on any of this kind of stuff. There's oh, And we're always going to question people's motives. And we're never going to know people's motives because our world is so vast. And the we're not in people's shoes 
And so it's fun to talk about for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, that's all we're doing, just talking oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Average, but it's fun. It's a good time. Advice. So, Happy birthday to him. Well, I don't care. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> Please cut that out. You can cut that out. I know you can. It's not cutting. What it's was not that? Getting, just give us a reference at least. Well, it, Stephen A. Smith says that on his thing. Oh. And when you said we're just here talking, all that's all we're doing is talking, it made me think of every sports, analy- oh, uh, yeah. sports analyst mm-hmm. in the world. And they just sit there and they talk and they talk and they talk. And that's what we just did. But it was a quality conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the end, even just like bringing it to a, a deeper level is yeah. good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just at the end of the day, it's fun to think about. Oh, yeah. Fun to have a conversation Well, the thing about. I think about it is just kind of like, where do we think it's going to go? Like, that's the thing that blows my mind is like, would I be one to get in it? Will my grandkids ever have to learn how to drive a car? Is like kind of mm-hmm. like what I start thinking about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like, is like it's going to progress. How quickly is it going to progress? What things that I do on a daily basis are going to be like, oh yeah, you don't have to do like that's dumb. You don't have to do that now in like thirty years. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of why it's fascinating. It is. It's very fascinating. Um, and so to wrap our time up here, just a bit of life advice. Maybe we tie it into even what we were talking about today and and the last. Uh, last point that we were kind of making there but we're just three average dudes talking about cars and stuff what's one piece of advice from what we talked about moving forward that we can apply to our to our lives obviously become a prepper um, you can get refills on gallons of water at Fairway for 39 cents. So as many gallons of water and mm-hmm. um, canned goods you can store in a cellar below your house would be advantageous. To, yes. Um, a nuclear fallout shelter. Uh, take a yeah. Buckets out there. Right take now. take st- strides towards that. Yeah, and just the way technology is moving, clearly you want to be ready. Yeah. Um, and just consider: Do you want to be on the front lines mm. of the end times, mm-hmm. or would you rather? <laughs> Prove your, prove your humanness and your grit and uh, be one of those who's infected with every disease as the zombies are coming to chew on your calf. Yeah. You know, I think I'd rather be on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Same here, Just brother. get this done. Let's just all... Carrying like, no guns. Did anyone see the story of the trail runner in Colorado that killed the mountain yes. lion with strangled, its bare hands? Strangled the mountain lion. Amazing. Let's all be that guy. No, I, I'm saying I don't want to be that guy. Oh, you don't want to be it, that and guy. If, if technology advances to the point where... Yeah, let my Tesla do it. What did you say? Let my Tesla kill them out. Yeah, I'm exactly. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying my, my life advice is facetious in terms of prep for the end times because we don't know where technology is going to go. And I'm saying if it's the end times and everything's falling to shit, I want that mountain lion to take me quickly <laughs> because I'm not interested in fighting yeah. it out. Because where's the world going? If it's the end times, ash is falling from the sky, it's yeah. over. I don't need to be uh, uh, the Book of Eli guy, yeah. Denzel, killing it, trying to fight my way yes. through this. That's great for the Hollywood, but when it comes to real life, no thanks. To summarize, all the stuff we talked about last week with goal setting, working out, all that, knock it off. Don't do it anymore. The quicker that you can you know, be done with this once the end times start... The better. That's not what I would say. 
keep up the habits and the goals. But <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I think we're going down now. That whole yeah. conversation right there really epitomized <laughs> the title of this podcast, yeah. which don't is "Don't Hug a Mad serious. Raccoon." Mm-hmm. And we are checking off for today, signing off for today. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Go live life to the fullest. Go smooch a Tesla. Yeah. Sure. Why not? See you, kids.